regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello, who do you think you are? I know who I am. I'm one third of this week's regular features, the podcast that's the same every week. And now I'm going to describe in detail for you the remaining fractions. My other two thirds to my right. Hello. I'm Matt Lees, and I'm sitting to your right. You're on my left. And to my right, it's Steve Hogarty, and I'm way too close to the microphone. You're being really loud as well. Sorry. You've got to control the volume. Sorry. Never, Steve. Follow your dreams. Follow your impulse. Never stop being you. Sorry. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Louder. Please, please just stop being you just a little bit. Sorry. I mean, less than that. I'll never apologise for who I am. On tonight's podcast, I've been to Denmark, and I'm going to tell you absolutely everything about it. And just to illustrate the difference in our lifestyles, I've been to the post office, and I'm going to try and get as much content out of that. And I attend bravely throughout. Steve is here. What more do you want? Hey, no one can say that I don't turn up on a day. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's what they say about Steve. God damn it. He's there. He's certainly there. Steve, be there. Steve, be there. Was I too loud? No, Never. No, it was, it was fine. So you can edit you, as loud as you need to be at any fine. given point. You need to use a hard limiter on that? Yeah, no, it's... It, can you get a hard limiter, Lock? There's, there's no limit to my hardness when you're talking, Steve. You can <laughs> compress... Can you compress that? Not, not without making it bleed and snapping it, no. <laughs> God, let me leave my house. <laughs> Regular, regular features coming to your town. Get ready, cause here comes Mr. Regular Features. Hi everyone, a brief interlude from me, Joe, in the edit suite, which is my toilet. Um, here's, here's some proof. So yeah, real edit suite facilities. Uh, just to set this bit up. Because I realised out of context it makes no sense, but the, the the conversation afterwards is quite good and fun and observational, so I want to leave it in. Uh, basically, what happens is there's a big beeping noise when Matt starts his Pod Beast equipment for us to record, and it scares Log. And then there's a bit of a chat. Enjoy the show. It is quite an intense noise. Sorry, <laughs> um, but hey, that's life. Life is the name of the game. The game. And tonight, end game. With you, Matthew Kelly. <laughs> when Matthew Kelly clicks his fingers, 50% of you will be going home <laughs> with no stars in your eyes. Was it Matt? No. Matthew- what did Matthew Kelly bloody do? Stars in your he, eyes. He did stars in your eyes. Oh, okay. He, he did You Bet, didn't he? He did You Bet. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as familiar with his You Bet work. You bet was fantastic. There was a man on there who claimed to be able to smell wines from a mile off. (laughs) (laughs) I can see why you might remember that. Yeah. That's a superpower. And he was like, one one person in the audience had a glass of wine. He was running around, clambering all over him. Yeah. On his arse in the face. I can't do my trick. There's there's wine within 50 meters of me. It's all I can smell. Remove the wine. Do you remember any you bets? I don't. Um, I don't really remember what you bet was. Was it like the Price is Right, but with physical feats? A member of the public would come on and say, I can do this. And then people would be like, I bet they can't. And then David Keller says, you want to bet on it? You bet. You better get on it. You bet. So don't fret. Get set. You want to bet on it? You bet. 
I have no recollection of this in a way that makes me wonder if I'm from a parallel dimension. Three celebrities would then bet on whether, whether yes. or not they could do it. And the audience would have a go as well. Yeah. Did they take like odds at Labrooks? Oh, people lost a lot of, a lot of money on that, <laughs> that eight-year-old who knew all of the tube stations. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'd be like, fucked it. I'd be like, the mafia they, came do around they and, fuck? They, they broke that kid's legs later on. Yeah. Oh, what was the other one that was crueler than you bet? Because it, everyone, every member on the family was... Go- it Is was it called Silla, per- Silla Black's Perfect Moment or Silla something? Silla Black's, it was, yeah, something like that. And they, they the, the entire family had to watch as, mm. a, as a dad failed to remember Ladbrook, Ladbrook Grove, thereby losing a family holiday and, every, and a car. And they went through a huge... Like, most of the show was about every member of the family, what they stood to win and how much it meant to them. Oh, my gosh. And then Silla Black and then just presided just over it all, dressed like a, I don't know, Ursula from The and Little Mermaid. came in and said, you've ruined their perfect moment. You've ruined their yeah. fucking lives. Your son oh. isn't going to Disneyland if you yeah. cannot karate chop these seven blocks of cement. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> this either. What is going on? How many cruel-based family ju- bet system games were there? One of them was a, a woman just had to learn to play a very simple song on a glockenspiel. Right. And the only thing is that she couldn't get a single note wrong and she had a week to practice it. <laughs> and she was shitting it and I just, everyone was bereft at the end of it. And sort of black, <laughs> smiling towards the audience. Yeah. And did she just completely fuck it? I, I honestly, I think, I haven't heard Silla Black do an interview about this, but I imagine she probably considers it a career low. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She, a bit like what's her name being really evil in The Weakest Link. Oh, and, yeah. And Robinson. And Robinson. Yeah, and Robinson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you look back at some of those clips, they have not aged well. Some of the stuff she comes out with, you think, that's just spiteful. That's yeah. like that's not even just like a mean comment. It's like that's that's horrible. Your uh, answers are as tubby as your butt, she said. Yeah. yeah, like some of it's like just really openly homophobic and stuff, I think. She as did well, like. make fun of people's physical appearances on yeah. there. And occasionally she'd just go, wrong, bitch. <laughs> frankly rude. Move out of the way. You may be flaming, but your answers were not on fire. Mm. You were a damp squib. You faggot. <laughs> yeah, I remember that episode. It's just a bit much. They had to drag her out of the studio because <laughs> she wouldn't stop hurling homophobic abuse at this <laughs> Get that dumpy woofter off my set. <laughs> So, lads, I went to Denmark, which is a country in Europe. And let me tell you, it's weird and quite cool. And boy, do they like drinking and a bit of racism. But mainly, let's focus on the fact that they like drinking. And we were at a convention for role playing and board games. Hmm. And it was absolutely mental. And unlike anything I've ever been to. Was it? Unlike any of the other board game conventions, completely different. It was completely different to every other board game convention I've ever been to. So here's the thing, right? Denmark is really quite like socialist, and because of that, it means that they don't have like a lot of like really big commercial spaces for like conventions in the way that we do in like you know most of Europe and the West or whatever. Being like, hey, rent out this massive convention center. They do a lot their little conventions in schools, and they rent them out 
basically uh, on the basis of it being like, oh, it's a cultural event. Can we use your school during half term and we'll clean it up afterwards? And they're like, yeah, sure, go mad. And then... What's not socialist about convention centres? Um, well, they're basically massive private spaces, which is kind of like massive private spaces. They're usually sponsored by a huge corporation, like the Staples yeah. Arena. The, sta- the E3's sponsored by Staples. Yeah, because it's, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's the difference between and private and personal, isn't it? Like, it's that people get that hung up on socialism about that because they talk about, like, oh, you know, ownership of private spaces. Oh, that's, you shouldn't take things away from people. But yeah. there's a difference between a personal space and a private space. Like, where you live, that's your personal space. But a private space is like, oh, yeah, also I own the building next door and I don't live in it. Like, that's... That's the distinction. Mm-hmm. So I guess like when you have lots of land taken up by things like the Excel Center, for example, like I'm just saying, obviously like, you know, the home and dog show and the like the super fashion show and the Instagram blogger. Yeah, when convention. I go when I go to see the dogs show at the Excel Center, I'd hate to think that I was contributing anyway to to the Capitalism to, to, to capitalist ideology. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Steve, I've got some really bad news for you. To a degree, maybe you are. No. Dogs, yeah. dogs are capitalists. It feels very socialist, the dogs expo that I go to, because all of the dogs are arranged in alphabetical order, just yeah. like in socialism, how addresses have to go. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's my understanding. Everyone gets a flat. Everyone gets one flat given to you by the government in socialism. And you need to live in order of how your surname goes. So Blythe needs to live next to Cooper. Yeah, yeah. And Cooper needs to live next to Danny Minogue. <laughs> yeah, Every, everyone is exactly the same. Yeah, apart from alphabets. And the dogs at the dog show, um, like the the best dogs, like the uh, German Shepherd, gets just as much space as a weird dog that no one's ever heard of, like the German Leopard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Even though, like the Chihuahua, doesn't need a lot of space. Though, yeah, they get they get, but they just get as much, just as much, which doesn't make any sense. And they've you, sat there in a massive beanbag, whereas the Alsatian is having to curl up into a tight ball and chew his own legs. And that beanbag was paid for by the NHS. It's an absolute disgrace. Fuck, just get those chihuahuas off my tax dollars. So, yeah, obviously socialism is terrible, but um, there's some other things which are, which are quite cool about it. And the fact that in Denmark, basically, hiring cleaners costs loads because, weirdly, they've decided that if people are cleaning toilets... They should be paid well for it. So it means that you can't just like hire people like, you know, for pennies to do the jobs that you don't want to do in society, which obviously is a incredibly forward thinking and naive proposal. It'll never, the money's not there. <laughs> the money's it, not it'll there. It'll never work. It can't work. <laughs> like all of this I saw, but it was just a figment of my imagination. But it means if you have a convention and you want to keep it cheap for everybody and make it so everyone can come. Um, hiring cleaners to come and clean it is quite an expensive thing to do. And it means that mm, you can't really do that. So what they've done was they get people to volunteer to clean. Like, what does the cleaners union have to do with this, you fucking scabs? <laughs> That's a yeah. good... <laughs> this socialist utopia, cleaners don't have jobs anymore. It's true. It's true, Steve. Again, I mean, this is just some hard-hitting journalism for everybody. But yeah, during this week... Um, people come in, they make a mess, and then people tidy it. But what this resulted in is a convention whereby we bumped into them on the first morning, and they were called the Dirt Busters. Now, the Dirt Busters are basically a group of people who walk around with sort of biker and military-style gear combined with cleaning goods strapped to them and, like, bright orange jackets, and they're wearing aviators and berets and military hats, and they walk around pumping out incredibly loud metal from giant speakers, and they clean. 
and most of them are real drunk all day. <laughs> and that's the Dirt Busters. And the Dirt Busters are basically, in this role-playing convention, they're kind of effectively role-playing a group of like a Mad Max style cleaning crew who just roam around busting open the doors, making shitloads of noise, but then leaving everywhere way cleaner than it was before they arrived. Do they, and do they when they're cleaning, are they like, get out of the way? Dirt, no, I mean, dirty busters here. I mean, they, 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 they're not rude, but they are like, I mean, apparently in a few years ago, there were like problems and they did have to be like, guys, you've got to rein this back. Cause it's like, they had just become like a problem. Um, you know, they would leave everything clean, but like they were causing a lot of problems. They were, clean, they were cleaning all the pieces off the board games. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think as with any kind of mad faction, uh, you know, things, if left untapped, especially if everyone is drunk all day, then uh, it could be a real thing. But it was just, everyone had a lot of respect for them because they basically, they hadn't even just volunteered. They paid for a ticket to this festival and then come and spent most of it cleaning. And I've just never seen anything like it. It was it was like something out of a, you know, a fantasy novel or whatever. And they came to the resort and people, oh, that's the Dirt Busters. And it's like, oh, they just drink all day and clean. And they paid for a ticket and they it's come and do that. It's like a really nice sexless kink. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, this is what was amazing about it was basically what you have is you go, all right, well, we've got this event. We've got 900 people. We can't pay anyone for anything. And also, like, we don't really have any jurisdiction over anyone. So it means what has formed in this vacuum is loads of little weird tribes that are all, like, each area of the show had its own identity. Like, the dirt buses were the cleaners, and they were, like, modelled themselves on, like, American bikers. And then you had the information desk who went around with little orange fezzes and little orange scooters and, and bow ties. And, and they basically just super preppy. That and sounds super really neat. like some mid-speed information going on there. Yeah, well, they could like nip around on the scooters to get around. But then, you know, we basically, we discovered the Dirt Busters and we thought, this is amazing. So we talked to one of the Dirt Buster lieutenants and we said, look, can we be Dirt Busters for a morning? Can we do a shift as Dirt Busters? Tell me you got hazed. <laughs> we basically did. Like, you know, they were like, okay, well, you can, but you've got to be there at like 8am on the dot straight away like you cannot be late and we're going to start then and it's like okay fine and then we had all these people who are like Danish people being like guys do you know what you're like you sure you know what you're doing here? <laughs> like this is maybe not a good idea we're like it's fine we can do it we agreed to it about three in the morning in a bar and then we had to get up and be there for 8am and it was just spectacular it wasn't like a hazing but we did it felt like we just slipped into the side of an AGM meeting for some like really fucking weird drunk shit. And the fact that we arrived, we're immediately given like horribly dirty overalls to put on, hats that basically indicated we wear like nothing, and um, were told to basically wear our uniforms and handed a beer and be like, drink, drink. And I just had, I, I finished three beers in like the first 20 minutes. I was awake for, you know, like 8 a.m. And, um, and then we had somebody who was pretty pretty fucked i mean one person was like just absolutely smashed and was like quite unwell and it was like nine in the morning and it's like clearly just been up all night drinking and uh, everyone was like i give a pat on the back as they were sick into a bucket during this meeting in between drinking a beer and so the pat on the back was for being sick into the bucket yeah i think it was congratulatory more than anything else because at one point it was like we had somebody who was our kind of like half cut translator who was like oh and they had this big speech and they were like hey! and it's like uh one of the uh uh one of our brothers, actually our sisters, is is being given uh, a medal. We're like, oh, oh, yeah, great. And we're like applauding. It's like, it's she's been given a medal because last night she had sex. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, great, congratulations. And the medals were basically just like 
drawn onto their clothes with marker pens, like scout badges that were just drawn by a big drunk Viking. My God, I fucking love these It's people. fucking amazing. Are you sure they just weren't, this wasn't community service? <laughs> I mean, it basically was. Like, some of these people you thought, you know what, like, I think you've had your buzz on for, like, a number of years. Like, in some ways it was like, oh dear. Some people just young people having a wild weekend. Did a lot ha- of them had tattoos. The Dirtbuster logo tattooed on their wrists. Did the, did the female Dirtbuster have sex with a male Dirtbuster? I don't know. Because he, he deserves a medal too. Well, I don't know. I, I assume... <laughs> Boys need rewards for doing sex. <laughs> I assume not, because otherwise he would have applied. There was only one badge for sex given that morning, so okay. I assume not. Mm-hmm. But I think I got the impression there was a lot of a lot of drinking and fucking going on within the dirt busters because we only Perhaps did a you morning. Don't get medals for that because it would encourage people to fuck instead of clean. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think so, and yeah. I do Perverse get the impression. Incentives. Yeah. <laughs> there was a point where it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, like it was. I mean, I became quite um, indoctrinated into the program quite quickly, and we got quite into it. Although we did have to run away at one point because uh, we just couldn't drink anymore and we needed breakfast. Uh, it was like at 11am. It's just like, I was just so smashed and I felt quite unwell at that point after drinking like quite a lot from 8am. I was like, I really need a bread roll, man. I got to run. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of amazingly intense and just having them explain to us what we had to do in the morning. They were like, uh, they basically explained to us like, oh, we are at war with the information desk. Um, <laughs> it's like, he says, um, and he's like, he said loads of stuff. And then the guy was like, uh, he says, um, d- don't, don't steal everything they have. <laughs> uh, and then uh, don't, uh, don't take like all of their clothes. Only take some of their wheels. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then there was just this spat the whole weekend between the information desk that was started by the information desk. Oh. Like there was a video, they played videos in the bar every night and there was this beef start where they're basically information desk, these preppy people went to war with a bunch of alcoholic biker cleaners and it's like, are you fucking mad? So what, how, how did they declare war? I want, you... There was a video, I don't know. They'd, they'd was, made a video. Yeah. Was it professionally edited? How much Every they- day, they had a fucking team of 10 volunteers who every day all they did was went around and made a like sketch-based comedy video which then got played in the bar at midnight every night. So they literally like made a video from scratch and put it online and they were really funny. Even not speaking Danish, it's like, these are fucking great. Everything about it was just fucking amazing. And even the war was sort of a spoof in the fact that like they weren't really at war, but they did genuinely steal like a lot of fezzes and a lot of scooters. You just saw like these really drunk people wobbling around on stolen scooters and you're like, yep, cool. The information desk, they had spare wheels for their scooters? No, no, no. When he's, I think the translation wheels, we didn't understand it. Steal their scooters. Steal their scooters, but we had no concept of that until much later. It was just like, what is going on? It was... It was unreal. And then we, the one thing which we, you know, we, we realised they were like, oh, at the end of the day in Dirtbusters, we all shower together as a kind of, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm there for it. <laughs> That's it. We're like, we can't do that because we're married and this is weird. We need to leave now. But it was that thing of just being like, they were like, ah, so you're going to come and shower with us all later? And it's like, I don't, I don't think so. No, actually. But I, I mean, there was a part of me. That's when they bust some real dirt. I think so. I think so. I think it gets pretty. But then and the you, thing was, and you see all the medals that aren't on their uniforms, but are on their bare flesh <laughs> yeah. skin. There's some dirt you just can't bust without another <laughs> another man's help. There was legitimately a point where I was waiting for the toilet, and then I was like, some dirt busters came out, and I was like, hey, and high fived them, and then I was like, I think they were just shagging in there. But it's like, who cares? Fuck it. Who cares? The thing that was awesome about it was it was such a weird crowd and the fact that 
in Denmark, like role playing is just not like they don't have the same criteria that we do over here. It's not really a nerdy thing. It's something that kids do. Like all kids role play when they're kids, right? And then it means when you have role playing conventions, <laughs> that's how you end up with people who just don't stop, <laughs> don't stop role playing or drinking. Uh, I think and this is, this is the logical endpoint of the the glorification of cleaning that Kim and Aggie began. Yeah, right. <laughs> cleaning culture has got out of control, mm. but it was like it was weird in the fact that we thought. These people are really clearly drinking irresponsibly and doing dumb stuff. But it's like, yeah, but I used to do exactly the same thing when I was 18 at music festivals. The only difference is there's no music here. And these people are leaving everywhere they go much cleaner <laughs> than they did before they arrived, which is great. Uh, but it just meant that you had like loads of young, cool people being sexy. Every night there was like discos in the bar that went on till three in the morning. And I felt old in a wonderful way, watching girls and girls dancing, boys and boys, just young people being really open and sexy and having a lovely time together. I was like, this is fucking great. What town is this? This was like in a town about two hours away from Copenhagen. And it was about 900 people. On the last day, even though it was a fucking thing, they turned a school gymnasium to like the Oscars. And everyone was wearing like tuxedos and ballroom gowns. And the women had incredible makeup. They made themselves look like mermaids. And it was like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. It was just unreal. I feel like my pub is lacking in ambition I th- yeah but this is the thing is like it's basically like we went and we didn't even have time to do any role playing because we just got so busy because it was like you can do role playing you can do board games or you can do drinking a lot of people just drank all weekend and honestly that's kind of mainly what i did although we did have to abandon the dirt busters at the point at which they took us behind the thing and said now we're going to do some charm training and then we're going to teach us to be incredibly charming uh, as part of our training to be dirt busters because it was you a spliff <laughs> <laughs> it was this point of us sitting around whilst they all danced around to electro and metal and took their shirts off in the sun. And we were like, is... That sounds fucking charming. This is built for me. This whole thing is built for me. I think you would actually love it. I I'd think... Fucking my dick would be exploding constantly. I think it would, honestly. I think it would be in pure infinite explosion mode. But um, there was a point where we kind of said, is charm training mostly just drinking? And they were like, yes. <laughs> it was like, fucking love these boys. We're going to leave now. But they were, yeah, they were just marvellous. Anyway, I'm an alcoholic cleaner now. That's my uh, my Danish adventure. Mm. I applaud you and I embrace your new self. But there is one thing which I might come back to again for another feature because it was wonderful. There was a role-playing game because one of the reasons I didn't do any role-playing was I looked at the agenda for what I could sign up for. And, uh, you know, they said this is like the best role-playing sessions in the world. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. And I looked up what the choices were. And the day I was doing it, I had, like, food poisoning, basically. And I was like, I feel so unwell. And I had to choose them on that day because it was a deadline. And my options were, do you want to be a polyamorous toy adventuring through dreamland and having relationships with other toys? Do you want to explore toxic masculinity in uh, an event in which results in a mass killing? with one of the players being a mass murderer? Or do you want to be in a 1950s backstreet abortion uh, um, kind of scenario? Abortionist. Abortionist. Or or do you want to be the abortionist? Well, well, both would be taking place. Oh, my Lord. And I just, the answer to that was no. (laughs) So I I didn't sign up to any of them. But then for the whole weekend, we just had this this running joke in my head about, um, I I say we, I had a running joke, really, of just being like, well, um, yeah, like, I had this idea of going to the polyamorous toys thing because the polyamorous toys thing then won the award for the best thing and I was taking the piss out of it in my head all weekend but I realised when I, when we heard about what it actually was it was like oh each of the characters each of the toys represents like a different poly archetype so 
the joke I ended up just falling about in my head over the weekend was the idea of turning up to this polyamorous uh, uh, archetype role-playing thing and just fundamentally misunderstanding what it was and just turning up and being somebody who really wanted to fuck toys and pretend they were a toy fucking toys. And then, and just <laughs> basically because this is a thing within the role-playing so you, scene. You came in dressed <laughs> as a scale actress. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly it. This is exactly it. Basically, the idea is the way you... Um, uh, do intimacy in role-playing games uh, like you know is to hold hands with people so it means like you know rather than having full actual sex with a stranger you'll just hold hands and look them in the eye and then you'll just talk about the things that your characters are doing so then you talk about fucking and don't get me wrong it's like i find it that a bit the idea of that a bit intense and a bit crazy but i couldn't help the idea of just going into it and then being like holding someone's hands and staring into their eyes and being like I'm an etch sketch and I'm licking your tits. <laughs> <laughs> so this became my weekend, which is constantly coming up with new things like, I'm a boggling and I'm sucking you off. <laughs> and just whispering it into people's ears <laughs> at any opportunity. So that's, yeah, that's just been an endless source of entertainment for me. Like, especially when you start getting to it in, a, in amateur stuff, like I'm a, I'm a super soccer and I'm rimming you. <laughs> so yeah, that's... um. Yeah, just more of a douche than a rimmer, honestly. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. But it's, that's why it's like you know, I'm a Jenga set and I'm fucking you up the ass. That just, works. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's. I prefer it when it doesn't work. But um, but yeah, there's just just. I, yeah, I I couldn't stop getting hung up on the idea of people being like, no, no, actually, what we're doing is more about relationships here. <laughs> it's more about connecting with people and respecting their boundaries. Right, right. I'm a stretch Armstrong and I'm fucking you from a tree. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that's just a little fun game you can play with your friends. You can just whisper into their ear, I'm a Barbie doll. I'm sucking your toes. <laughs> see, I like it. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. I want to try that out with Stuart, see how he responds to that. He'll fucking punch me, I'm sure. Mm, probably, yeah. Frigid twat. Even if I know it can make it. You gonna uh, so you got anything you want to say, Steve? No. Okay, I've Steve. got absolutely nothing I wanna say. Do you want me to say something? I'll say it after my future. Okay. Because <laughs> it kind of felt like you wanted me to say something. I want I always want to hear your voice. No one wants to hear me say anything. I just want to hear from Echoing. you. Echoing. I want to hear my voice echo inside your mouth and turn my head and then you lock your mouth around my ear. <laughs> Nothing echoes in my mouth. That's the and second fact after the one about ducks. And no one knows why. <laughs> That's my favourite thing. Scientists have been inside of Stephen's mouth for over 40 years. Mm, acoustic Bee. scientists, no less. Bees cannot fly and no one knows why. <laughs> Bee, but bees can fly into my mouth. But then they can't fly when they leave your mouth. You and no one knows why. They land on my tongue, and my tongue is sticky, so I have to blow them off with a kiss on the bum. <laughs> you, and no how one do you knows kiss why. a bee that's inside of your how own you mouth? Blow you stick, off a bee you by... stick your tongue all the way out, and then do a one-lipped kiss, because oh. otherwise you bite your tongue off. So you, yeah, you, you push the bee out of your mouth on a little tongue shelf, a kind of like and a... then kiss it. Yeah. Rather than yeah. sucking your lips inside out and <laughs> kissing him backwards. Into my Mobius lips. Is it mm. kissing if you just do it with the top lip? You have to, yeah, you probably have to fold your if lip. If you're on public transport, fold your top lip in twain. Try it yourself. And give it a little horizontal kiss. Log I don't feature. see how you can blow something off by kissing its bum. I just want to throw that out there. So. Well, I hope you're all mouthing the actions required of it at home. 
I've been to the post office. Fuck. Nottingham's post office. <laughs> no. Has changed from a dedicated building full of self-service platforms and a, a machine that you press and get a number out oh. and a panel that you can choose what your service you require is and you get a number in the different hundreds Very depending funny. on the surface yeah. that you require. It's the like service. Terry Gilliam's Brazil. It's like Douglas Adams' adventure game, bureaucracy. But I, I'm for a long time I was... Um, I went to this post office every week to do my banking because I'm with uh, Santander who... Oh, he's lovely. Just, they don't... Santander. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really like to provide you a service. They say, yeah, you can put your money in here. We'll give you a thing that you can <laughs> log into. But you, if you come into our fucking branches, we'll chase you out. <laughs> do you want a fucking key ring? Yeah. chin you. Yeah, it was in like the first week when I couldn't use the post office <laughs> because they hadn't sent me my card. They were like really fucking like, no. The fuck are you doing here? You know Business boy. Don't you know who I am? I'm fucking Santander. You fucking coming here, mate? <laughs> Looking at Mr. Santander like this. I'm, I'll fucking tan you. That's, I'm secret Santander. <laughs> like, I like the idea of Santander being a man who is fucking well aggro. So you do your banking at the post office. I have to do your Are you the post ever afraid for? that you might accidentally post your money to someone? <laughs> <laughs> I put it in a li- I do put things in Fuck. envelopes just to keep them together. That sounds like a so, recipe waiting to happen. <laughs> recipe waiting to I'd, happen. I'd like to send these to Somerset, please. And do you do you ever accidentally um, look at a £50 note trying to read it, thinking it's from your nan? Uh, <laughs> she sent a picture of herself on this. <laughs> oh, I've now just to got whom I owe the sum of £50 of silver. I promised to pay this bear on demand. <laughs> Thanks, Nan, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've now got an image of, of Log, age 65, and then local Nottingham newspaper, like, holding a jiffy bag and looking stern, seeing, like, I posted 75 grand to Brazil, and now they won't give it back. I fucking love the idea that you think that I have ever seen 75 grand in one place in my <laughs> well, life. Well, when you do... My pub is not um, that much of a money spinner. Yeah, but how old are you now? 45 years 45. old. You've got 20 years to amass 75 grand. Right. It's, I'll Think see. of yourself like you're an RPG character. This is like one of those movies. This is the greatest. See you in 20 years. <laughs> the, uh, the, which of us has amassed most riches shall be the winner and get to feast on the other one's bars. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very good. Very good. Bars? Is that the back ass? It's the bit between the balls and ass or the taint. Ah. I thought it was called the gooch. Or is that a different bit? That's the goochie gooch. The bars. Wow. The... That's what these call it in the nineties, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but Gooch is just a great word, right? And we don't really be calling it the Boffins Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> if you listened to podcasts ten years ago, okay, fine. I'm an old get with idiot. It. It's called a bass that I've just just learned. Bass is bass is not a good word. Bass. I think Gooch is is a really good word for it because it's, it's bit, so twee, and people don't know what it is. Then I you tell them, it, they go, "Isn't that based on the fact that if you've got a piercing there, it's called a geesh?" Is it? Yes, I, I believe. A geesh and a goosh. Why is it gooshy. called a geesh? Because it's where you keep your quiche, but for your cock. <laughs> cock quiche. <laughs> cheesy, eggy. Oh, yes, really? that's my geesh. <laughs> oh, I don't. I mean, you're making that up, but it's horrible. Tell us, tell us about this post office, please. Well, that's not my post office anymore. The that's post office. not my post office. That post office closed down last week, and I was thinking, I've got such a lovely. Um, relationship built up with them to the point where 
they let me off some of the charges by not making me swipe my card. And I was like, Ooh. you boys, I'm going to I'm gonna go in there. I'm going to buy you a bottle of whiskey or something. But then I realized, <laughs> isn't, I isn't don't it? know if he likes whiskey. And I'm not, I'm not going to fucking ask him what he likes because that's well out of my comfort zone. Our post office is like Her Majesty's... At Her Majesty's royal Her pleasure. Her Majesty's Vajesty. I'm pretty sure, like, post... No, post offices did get sold, didn't they? They're public now. Oh, they? yeah. They, they changed their name to Consortia for a while, didn't, didn't they? That's like, like that. that's like you'd be bribing the government, which is fucking well cool. Also, they got that bulletproof glass in front of them and a little sort of divot that's tray a, that you got to... So what would you do? Would you, You'd pour the whiskey into no, the tray... there's those little small ...and then try and holes. slide it across. Oh, you'd... Small you'd, holes that they can hear through and you just put the glass to it and they just suck it out like a baby bird. <laughs> just, <laughs> like a hummingbird. <laughs> it's just... His little legs flapping so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sending letters flying everywhere behind him. <laughs> oh, my money. I wanted to bank that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet nectar. Yeah, but they've they've all shut down. Everyone took redundancy rather than work at the new place. And when I asked them, wow. will, you, will you not be moving to the WH Smith's branch that's opening mm. soon? He, I said on Twitter that he didn't say anything unprofessional, and that his face said, "Will I fuck?" But in reality, he actually said, will I fuck? <laughs> so I was trying not to throw him under the bus yeah, no, on that's, Twitter. That's, <laughs> that's good of you. That's good of you. What is so objectionable about working at WH Smith's post office? I mean, office? come on. It's basically well, like, it's like signing your fucking death warrant. Like, I'm going to go and work at WH Smith's. It's like, I mean, how long are they going to last for? I went to this WH Smith's post office today, and I'll fucking tell you what's wrong with it. It was immediately the angriest and most hostile yeah. part of a WH Smith's I've ever been into. I've and actually, you've been to the stationary section <laughs> of the Liverpool, Liverpool Street branch. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, I Actually, I've been to two WH Smiths in the past like year and a half, two years. Well, the post and office area or just... No, Smith's. just a WH Smiths. And both of the... Not the station ones, because they don't really count. Like you know, the, the, but Did you get into a fight over a poker pad? No, but the people were massively hostile. Like, And I mean, I think it's because like they're just it's a shit place to work. Oh, I, it's shit because... I've never experienced that level of sort of like open hostility yeah. in the public. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it. Like, I, I had that as well. Like, I was just going to buy something and it was just like just buying a thing. I didn't even ask any questions. I'm just like, it was a fucking basic as hell transaction. I'd like this and just been like getting the worst vibes. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I, in defense, it happened in a different one. In defense of W. H. Smith's, uh, I did mention the Liverpool Street branch. Upstairs, they have a wrapping counter. Oh. And they offered to wrap what I just bought for free. And mm. I took them up on the offer. And she was very nice. I'm not saying that everybody who works for WH Smith is a is a irreconcilable sourpuss. But I think there's also a problem here and we should just shut all the stores because we've worked it out. I went there to the WH Smith swarm two days before they opened to ask, I'm sorry, I'm a bit nervous about uh, yeah. the transition to this new one. Uh, can you tell me... Um, what the new number is for when I have to order, make a change order because all of needs change and like they literally the one guy was talking to me w- was just can't tell you so don't know come in next week and ask but the people behind him were just fucking laughing at me <laughs> as in like who's this doofus who needs to fuck who's this swat who's trying to impress his boss like <laughs> <laughs> Who's this man like worried that, about his small business it had, it had the receptionist from I Am Alan Partridge, the smirk, that brilliant smirk, then the way she was just containing her laugh at Alan Partridge. 
Oh, I just got no. that vibe from all of them, and it was no amazing. No one should be treating you like Alan Partridge. <laughs> I was really into it. I fucking loved it. <laughs> you got you guys have already bonded with each other because you know it's going to be you against us. <laughs> oh my god! And sure enough, when the first thing I experienced when I turned up today was um, a woman who just shouted over to her husband, say, saying, "Nah, they ain't got what I want because it just opened." Post office, my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she, she calls it like she sees it. I, la- I laughed, and then she pushed her pram out from the counter, and I'm just saying, it's fucking pathetic, just so everyone would hear. And I don't know what she wanted. Wow. I wish I did. What did she just, want? Just after she An left. envelope. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. It is like there is a bit of a Wild West vibe to post offices at the moment. Like the one we've got around the corner here, like you go in being like, have you got this? And they're like, no. But there is a man at the back who's got a photo studio and he'll take some photographs of dogs and babies with a fake vinyl background that makes it look like you're at the top of a beautiful mountain. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> there's just a kind of weirdly like every time you go in, there's like half of the shop is taken over by a different enterprise. It's just like it's a bit like the middle aisle of is it Lidl or Aldi? Like I, can't, I always get the I think is it Aldi? Aldi and Lidl both have middle aisles, but there's the <laughs> and they're anagrams of one another. Yeah, they if are, you don't it. think too hard about it, but that's, yeah, exactly. But that's why I get them confused. But you know, you know what I mean, like by the middle aisle, not just like it has an aisle in the middle. Yes, kind of, I, a very something I heard someone say that I really loved was "Lord, give me the permission to live my life with the reckless abandon of the middle <laughs> aisle in an Aldi." Yeah, like just <laughs> turning up and being like, "It's it's literally like this is lumberjack equipment." <laughs> like the amount of times I went for like a single sweet potato and came back with like something fucking like, "Oh, I've got a got dentist- an inflatable pool now." <laughs> I've got a dentistry learn it at home kit like. Yeah, it sort of has that. More drill bits and a wooden alphabet. (laughs) Yeah, more drill bits and more wooden alphabet. (laughs) Sorry, I told I I I know I told you I wouldn't do this again, but we do have more wooden alphabets. So if you could clear a space in the shelf, that would be. It's a spirit level, but it works on water. You took our only cow to little, and you came back with this with your fourth set of wooden alphabet. It's a it's a lawnmower that can recognise its own sound. <laughs> and email you when it hears it. <laughs> Sends you a fax through the lawnmower, which gets fucking ruined. <laughs> Just out the bottom of the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking fax has clogged it up again. <laughs> the world's first printer and shredder combined. Uh, yeah, the next thing that happened was uh, just a guy walked through the cues the two very distinct cues that had formed and just walked mm. to the front as though he had a very quick query and then just insisted that the woman fill in his form for him and she <sighs> said you can't do that sir you can't do that sir i'm sorry but she had and she had that alan partridge smile on her and i was like i love you yeah no i kind of like that when people are just brassy enough to be complete dicks it's i'd like, love you more if you're you not it. excuse me sir there is a cue yeah exactly it's like sometimes even when they're being i like that i'm the same like when people are being really mean to me i'm like i kind of respect you like you're being a real dick and i love this I had to cut through a queue at a at a Pets to Pomeranian meetup at pets the weekend. To, pets to Pomeranian. The, the so the the <laughs> secret life of pets to rap rap party. <laughs> it wasn't a rap party. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a rap party, but it was a Pomeranian meetup um, where they brought in lots of little Pomeranians. No, and uh, on the way out, there was like goodie bags being 
handed out. And everyone was keen for the goodie bags. And I needed to push past everyone because I wasn't getting a goodie bag. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not getting a goodie bag. And I had to barge past everyone and kick Pomeranians out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't. They're all on leads by this point, so it's fine. They didn't go far. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then Gav, who does own a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix... Uh, told me to join the back of the queue again because he wanted a second goodie bag for his dog. <laughs> God. And he gave me the cryptic advice of um, just say you are one human and one dog. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to say it. And sure enough, as I got to the front of the queue with the woman handing out goodie bags, she's like, Human dog ratio, um, please. One dog, two humans. One dog, two humans. And I was like, oh shit, that's, this means something. And I was trying to ask, like, one dog, two humans. Oh, it's. All right, they've got human treats and dog, dog treats. treats, and they were cupcakes. One like, human, one dog. So when I got Simple. there, I was like, "Can I uh, one human, one dog, please?" She didn't didn't miss a beat. She took a cupcake out of the goodie bag and ate it, <laughs> <laughs> and threw it at Fair the Pomeranian. <laughs> and then I I got a second goodie bag, which I gave to Gav. Oh, Gav was like, "He's like, ha, ha, ha. I want two. I'm here at a ridiculous event, and I want a second free thing. Hey, look, Coco fucking deserves every treat going. She's fucking... She's wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. she is wonderful. Queue jumping is... I mean, I had some real beef at an airport not long ago when I basically got pushed through to the front of queue because I was like... I was on the verge of missing a flight. Yeah. And then some people who I pushed in front of were, like, livid. And they were like, we're late as well. Oh my god! Oh. And then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talk, to, talk to the person, you know. And then, and then he talks to the person. It turned out like I was like, mm, I was running a little late. I was like, this could be a problem. They were like, fucking so late. They were like an hour late. It's like you're not, you're not getting on the flight. Like you've got like four minutes to get through security. Mm. But it was just like, yeah, it's that thing of like when people are like, that's not fair. When you get into the second tier of Britishness of being like, hey, they're queue jumping, but also I should be queue jumping ahead of them. You then get to that point where it's like, there's being late and there's being like, why did you even fucking come to the airport? You should have stayed at home, you fucking idiots. Yeah, when, because they do go through the security queue asking like, oh, this flight to Bermuda uh, is exactly, leaving, and they pull people out of the queue. And if, if they've stopped doing that, that means your flight's gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. To, to coin Anne Robinson. Wrong bit. <laughs> yeah, Wrong, yeah, fat, chubby, faggot, slag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, did, she did say that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would like to Is that the briefly, briefly come back to my feature. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. And say that I have. I would like you to also reenact the last night that I went into the old post office. Oh. My, I've emailed you a little short script. I feel quite sad for you. You look... You look bereft at the loss of a, a solid post office well i'll i'll find a way around it but nothing will ever be the same again obviously i remember post offices being really exciting like i started my love life through the post office what do you mean you, you mean you were kissing per- somebody through the glass screens no personal ads i used to before the internet before emails i used to write after personal ads and shit <laughs> Oh, I just imagine so, you licking the other to, side of a perspex wall. I used to say that I liked PJ Harvey and the Pixies in an effort to prove that I wasn't like the other gays because mm. I was an internalised little piece of wank. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed quite so heartily at that, but... No, no, no these days, yeah, it took me a long time before I fully 
I think I aspired was, to queerness. I think it's even though I, I know I can never reach it. Even not being queer, I was equally a wank when it came to music. In uh, like kind of lieu of having any personality, so I kind of yeah. I get you. Of being, I like. Yeah, I'm interesting actually because I like weird music. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Uh, my favorite album by PJ Harvey is four track demos. It's just not very nice to listen to. <laughs> um, right. So, post yeah. office go. And Andrew, who's Andrew? Am I Andrew? You can be Andrew. You've got to tell tonight. us who we are. Well, that's why I looked at him and did that face. All right, okay. After he said, "Who's Andrew?" Maybe not the best timing. <laughs> um, Andrew, yes, log. Will you think of me when you're no longer manning the business counter at the post office? Perhaps. When a line in a poem strikes me as evocative of some breathless middle-aged man rushing in at the last minute to pay in some cash, or there's a fat cunt on TV, will you think of me? My thoughts will turn to you whenever I see a caged bird sing. I will think of you whenever I see Magneto in his perspex prison. I will whisper your name balefully whenever I try to cash in a pile of twenty-pound notes that I had thought totaled £1,000, but is in fact 20 quid short, making it look like I'm trying to stage the world's tiniest heist. Andrew, you have been a rock to me. Log, do you know why I never asked you to present your change-giving card from Santander? The card that, had I swiped it, would have cost you £1.70 for every every £100 of coins. Yes, saving me around £1,000 over the course of the last two years, yes. Do you know why I did that? Well, to be honest, I kind of assumed it was because you were operating within a system that gave you very limited opportunities for kindness. And once I've been friendly enough to you for a long enough period, maybe spent some time explaining to you that I was a small independent business and not part of a chain like all the other pub landlords you had to deal with, you'd be inclined to use your discretion to show me that kindness. And then, when you'd done it a few times, I could drop the friendly act because you'd set a precedent and withdrawing that kindness would seem like an intolerable rudeness. Yeah, it's because I popped mad boners when you walk in. We yeah. all do, <laughs> don't we, Martin? Oh, it's like I put my dick out of a spaceship window, mate. Like, the universe is fucking working the shaft. We've all got the CCTV of you walking in and picking your nose. Oh, I'd love to be one of your bogeys, mate. Getting fingered by you for literally minutes at a time while you look... Really like you're concentrating. I loved it when you shuffled in, did a little confused face, then tightened up your belt a notch. You just walked in. Who realises at the end of a journey that they need to do their belt up? (laughs) If he's that reckless with his trousers, I'd say, imagine how cavalier he'd be with mine. Oh, cavalier. Then I'd say something about roundheads, which never quite works as a dick joke, but it was close enough that it got a laugh. And you just sit there, waiting for your number to come up, playing that stupid game on your phone. And I said, if he can devote that much of his time to a pointless, numbing exercise in futility, every other aspect of his life must be thrilling. I mean, imagine how fizzing with life his brain must be, just to have to embalm his senses with the video game equivalent of burying yourself alive. He must be like the giant from the Grim Brothers tale. 
the six servants, we thought, whose glance is so powerful that he must wear a blindfold so as not to split what he sees asunder. Truly, you played Toon Blast like some kind of colossal fucking idiot, because if you didn't, your genius would explode, solving every puzzle on Earth. Lads, this is truly amazing to hear. Because I suffer from a rare psychological condition where I imagine being in a long-term relationship with everyone I meet. <laughs> that was fresh in my head. That's why I said it earlier. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Would you mind if I crawled in through the little security tray and lived out a lifetime with you boys? Log, it would be our pleasure. Happily. Your world will end tonight. I must live on. <laughs> we can go on together. <laughs> In a post office. Suspended in brine. In brine. <laughs> Regular. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. That was a Regular Features Podcast, mm. and nothing you or I could do can change the fact that it happened, and Did. you heard it. Mm. So, sorry. If you like what you heard, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features mm. and mm. chuck us a little jump change. <laughs> Why don't you? Yeah, change for chumps. Which is what we are. And we'll never change, because mm. we are chumps, and we love you. How much change can you chumps chuck, if you okay. chumps could chuck change? <laughs> and okay. they can. Our character arc is more of a loop, and we will forever be chump. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another hot, hot, hot serving mm. of our lovely lips and cheeks. So watch your mouth and tongue. See you next week. Bye. God, I still love you. Bye.